0: I'm Lou Dobbs. President Biden has to be wondering just how low his approval ratings can go, because nothing seems to be going his way. He's mistake-prone, he's truth-averse, and a committed leftist neoliberal who also appears to be trying to take America to war with Russia. How else do we explain his pre-war remark about a, quote, minor incursion? into Ukraine in a news conference and his provocative statements in his trip to Belgium and Poland, saying that the United States would, quote, respond in kind if Putin used chemical weapons. And finally, he declared, quote, Putin cannot remain in power, end quote. What is the man thinking? The White House tried to explain away the president's words, but they couldn't be unheard. That his statements were provocative and revelatory of his state of mind, both before and during Russia's war on Ukraine. Biden further personalized the conflict, calling Putin, quote, a butcher. No wonder some Republican leaders are tempted to say as little as possible in this all-important midterm election campaign. Trying to stay out of Biden's way, as he's cast himself as a warmonger and a hapless helper of the wealthy and the left, spending trillions of dollars, returning inflation to 40-year highs, almost doubling the price of gasoline with his anti-energy policies and decisions. And now he has 70% of those surveyed saying Joe Biden is taking America in the wrong direction. And more than half say he's not fit for the high office he holds. The House Republicans have just held their annual strategy summit, planning the direction of the GOP into the elections this November. The big questions were all about unity, leadership, and agenda. And of course, how the Republicans will run the House after they win back control. With us now is Congressman Troy Nels, who served in the Army Reserve for 21 years. He deployed on combat tours to both Afghanistan and Iraq, the recipient of two Bronze Stars. He served more than a quarter century in law enforcement, most recently as the Sheriff of Fort Bend County, Texas. Welcome to the Great America Show, Congressman Nels. Uh, I wanna start by talking about the GOP strategy session uh, and, and what, uh, what is going to be the direction of the party. Is there anything really
1: new about what your conference is doing in the House? Well, I think, you know, what we're trying to do, what Leader McCarthy is trying to do is bring the conference together, the 212 of us, to talk about next year when we take over the majority. Uh, And Leader McCarthy will be the speaker. There's no question about it. So I think he's just trying to get ahead of this. He's trying to plan. He's trying to do everything he can to bring the 212 of us together. Uh, Because, you know, when you get that party in majority, when the Republicans become part of the majority, he's going to want to make sure that uh, we can get legislation across, get it through the House of Representatives, uh, House of Representatives. So I think he's just trying to bring us all together. Uh, But I I have a lot of questions, and and I'm sure there are other members that have questions as well. And
0: uh, it's not a conference that is famous for its unity and solidarity. Uh, the number of rhinos in the conference has grown over the uh, last 10 years, rather than decline. And rhinos are looked upon in poll after poll as a part of the problem and not the solution. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Now, I can't uh, disagree with that. I'm, uh, I'm one of those guys that I'm, I'm that America first Patriot. So uh, if you want to start going into the new year, you know, with us in the majority, and we want to start raising debt ceilings and deficits and this and that, I'm gonna be a no. I mean, when the American people give us the house back, it's for a reason, because what we've seen over the past several months with the Democrats are inflation, you know, obviously gas prices, our poor Southern border, Afghanistan, Ukraine. So the American people are gonna give us the house back. When they give us the house back, we need to take care of it. And we need to reverse some of this irresponsible spending. I just hope that we have a leader and a conference that's willing to make tough decisions, because it's mm-hmm. going to require tough decisions. But if you want to start raising the debt and doing all that other, I'm telling you, I'm an America first patriot, and I'll be against it without question.
0: Well, good for you. I, and I deeply respect your position. Uh, and I think the, most of the American people do
1: as well. I've been one of those that have called and asked for Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney to be thrown out. Well, fortunate we have about another eight months left of Adam Kinzinger, because he's not seeking re-election, and hopefully Liz Cheney. And from what I hear, she's going to get clobbered. Uh, and so I, I, I'm not going to miss her, quite honestly. But we have too many people up here uh, that tell the American people, tell their constituents specifically, what they want to do. They want to reduce taxes. They want less regulation, less government, and they want all that. But then when they get up here... They seem to do just the opposite, and we should all be concerned about those. Without question, and
0: it's, it's interesting. Uh, Liz Cheney and Ken Singer, uh, there was a lot of discussion and a lot of debate within the party itself about what to do with them, but that debate seems to have been resolved, and not in the favor of, by the way, uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, uh, who has been, I think, one of the weakest leaders I could have ever imagined. Uh, you know he speaks with that stentorian tone. You expect there to be a uh, a significant mind behind those words that he uh, utters. He is uh, an absolute uh, problem for the Republican Party and, and for the country, frankly, because he is so uh, he is so weak uh, and confused about his own values. Uh, in my opinion, what how does that get resolved in your opinion?
1: Well, I do know that you know I don't I don't get over to the Senate side very often, and I think Mitch McConnell has failed the American people. And I do believe that uh, former President Trump, who I think did one hell of a job for the American people, and in my humble opinion, he's coming back and he will be the forty seventh president of the United States. I think that uh, individuals like uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, Trump understands that he's a problem for the Republican Party, and there are others. There are others out there that that seem to just, uh, you know, Joe Biden confuses the American people. He's confused the American people just on his comments, uh, his gaffes in in uh, Europe. And we have to make sure that when the Republicans speak, we speak with clarity and we speak with confidence and conviction. But we have those that are just, just as wishy-washy as Joe Biden is and Dr. Fauci, quite honestly, wishy-washy.
0: There are a lot of reasons. Uh, for you, uh, having been selected by your district to, to serve in Congress, uh, the 22nd uh, district in Texas. Uh, you are direct, you're plain spoken. Uh, the leadership of the party hasn't been that. Uh, Kevin McCarthy and uh, whoever you all select is uh, I'm sure going to be fine with me uh, as long as they are <laughs> America first uh, speaker uh, and a leader. Uh, I just can't understand quite how Kevin McCarthy could attack the president of the United States. He sold out early on January 6th. He has done very little. He's talking about doing a great deal. And I applaud him for what he's talking about doing, his aspirations, but his record is very difficult. And I know that the conference has got to come together, but don't you all have still a lot of airing out to do with the, with the minority leader?
1: I think uh, what you've seen, you know, uh, Texas, we had our primary here on uh, March, uh, first couple of days of March, and uh, I was very successful in my primary. I got 89% of the vote. So That's I think successful. what I'm doing... I think what I'm doing, uh, the people in my district support me. And I've been one of those guys. I, you know, the Texas Hammer, Tom DeLay was our member of Congress for for 22 years in Texas 22nd District. I spoke to him about, you know, what what does this require to be a member of Congress with travel back and forth? And he pretty much made it very clear to me, says, Troy, this is how it works up there. There are a handful of people up there that make all the decisions everybody else's furniture. Well, I'm not gonna be part of that furniture. I am I'm gonna stay true to myself. When the voters elected me, I told them this is what I would like to do. And I'm staying true to myself because I go to bed with a clear conscience and we must hold our leadership accountable. It is so very important. And I'm gonna give Leader, Leader McCarthy the benefit of the doubt that when he takes the gavel, that we put the American people first. We are the one of the most generous countries Anywhere, I mean, we do more for foreign countries and providing them financial support when they're in dire need, but we need to take care of the American people first. And that's, that's how I hope he leads. I hope he leads the house by saying, let's take care of the American people first. You wanna go out there and help Ukraine and, and do all that other stuff, I think that's fine. Okay, let's do that. But how about our Southern border first? If we would place as much emphasis on our Southern border as we have with Ukraine, we shouldn't have any problems at our Southern border. I just hope we take care of the house when we get it back. Uh,
0: it's, and I, and I love your expression, take care of the house first, uh, because uh, so much needs to be done. A, a lot of uh, a lot of repair and and redirection on the part of the leadership. I, and I'm hopeful because I've been covering uh, our, our Congress and our Senate and our, our White House for a very long time. Uh, and, and to see the what has become a rickety uh, institution uh, when it should be at its most powerful. I mean, more money is being spent than ever before. Uh, The the debt is bigger than ever before. The challenges are greater than ever before. And and it seems that the the House of Representatives is really buckling under the pressure. And it is an absolute delight to my ears, Congressman, to hear you talk about uh, not wanting to be part of the furniture and insisting on being the individual you are uh, but you are, if uh, you will, a man's man, you've served in the military, you've served in law enforcement,
1: uh, you are a, a Texan through and through. Uh, and, and if s- we're, Lou, if we're honest with the American people, as we should be, we look at our southern border, and what we do today is we blame the Democrats for all of the problems at our southern border. And sometimes I have to remind my Republican friends that we had both chambers of Congress as well as the White House under Donald Trump. And Paul Ryan and them didn't do a damn thing to secure the Southern border. They didn't support Trump's wall. Trump had to do it all on his own through executive order. So sometimes I kind of believe like, you know, we have to be truthful and honest with the American people to think that all the problems and all the ills across our country, specifically the Southern border are the Democrats fault. That's just not accurate. That would not be accurate because we could have done something to secure our nation's borders and support President Trump with a wall, and we failed to do so. And that is so discouraging that we had an opportunity to support President Trump and what he did in our southern border through executive order. We've had the most secure border in four decades, but he didn't get the support of the establishment up here, did he? He didn't have the support of Speaker Ryan. So I just, I I gotta hope that Leader McCarthy is gonna be a different leader, a different speaker. And I got to give him the benefit
0: of the doubt right now. Yeah, never, I'm going to say this as an aside, never has there have been some mediocre speakers, but mediocrity personified is Paul Ryan. How he was elevated, how he was allowed to take the conference in the direction he did, because that's exactly what he did do. He maneuvered that conference through the, the strength of all of the rhinos that surrounded him and drove the Republican Party into absolutely the antithetical position to everything Donald Trump was doing. And the only reason that they were there to begin with is the 2016 election, the presence of Donald Trump who disrupted the Democratic machine and showed, showed Republicans how to win and how to act and how to fight. And Paul Ryan, meanwhile, was trying to, to let their blood uh, he, he was attaching leeches everywhere he could to the body politic, uh, draining them of their strength and their, and their direction. Uh, I really hold him uh, immensely responsible uh, for the failure of the party over the course of that time. And, and I always think, and I'm sure you do as well, what Trump could have achieved, what the Republican party could have achieved, it could have, it had the opportunity to put the democratic party and the Marxist left in the rearview mirror in this country and chose instead uh, to, to play as you know, supplicants to the chamber of commerce and the business round and the milk toast that is Ryan uh, McConnell and the bunch. Uh, I, I wanna talk about that border because you obviously have great experience uh, there and dealing with the issue. Uh, and the and the aftermath of Ill, illegal immigration, we have 2 million people. That's the last estimate I've seen. It seems reasonable. Uh, it's unreasonable, but it seems like a real number. 2 million illegal immigrants across that border this year, over the past year. Uh, I, I'm just stunned. And there is no outrage. There is no cry. We now hear for the first time. The DHS has finally asked for military help at the border. I'm stunned that Alejandro Mayorkas, a radical leftist, uh, he's like putting an arsonist in charge of the fire department, Uh, he has has let that go through. He must know that somehow ideal's been baked that the Pentagon won't uh, provide the troops. What do you think?
1: Well, I think I've heard Mayorkas speak uh, months prior, and, and he would look at the American people in the eyeball and tell them that the southern border is closed. I'm down there with Griff Jenkins, on, you know, down in Laredo and McAllen and watching people just come across uh, the Rio Grande, just walk across the knee high water. So you can't believe what that man says. And when you look at the position of Mayorkas in this administration, Joe Biden, he didn't have to say a word about the southern border. It shouldn't even have came out of his mouth and we'd be much better off today than we are. Because under Trump's policies, we had the most secure border in four decades. And now you look at the number of encounters in February of 2022, like 164,000 encounters. That's a 350% increase from in 2020 under Donald Trump. But when you get a president of the United States out on camera inviting people from around the world to just come into our nation, Come through our southern border. We are a very welcoming country and we will open our arms for you. What the hell did you think was going to happen? So this is by design. This isn't by accident, Lou. This is exactly what the administration wants. He has created this crisis. It's all by design. It's self-induced. It certainly is with his policies. And this is where we are today. But you look at his approval ratings and the American people, border states such as Texas and others, they're very, very concerned about the numbers of people coming through our southern border. We have to take care of ourselves first, take care of ourselves first, secure that southern border. But this administration isn't going to do it. Hopefully, you know, we can stop some of this madness uh, when we take over the house uh, here next year. But I just have to hope and pray that, that uh, people that are reasonable, that understand just how dangerous this is, because if you're concerned about fentanyl deaths and Lou, we lose 100,000 people a year to fentanyl. I mean, there's people being killed in Ukraine. Don't get me wrong. It's horrible. But we have people being killed here every month by fentanyl, drug overdoses, human trafficking, he- rising crime and everything. And what are we doing about it? Yeah. Very little, quite honestly. We're doing and, very little. And, and let's start taking care of ourselves first.
0: I, I can't even imagine why every American doesn't uh, uh, applaud uh, the your words, uh, but right now we accept a hundred thousand fentanyl deaths as collateral damage every year. It's just collateral damage. Those aren't uh, those people are <laughs> had no potential. Uh, they had no lives. Yeah. They had no families. No one cared about them. Of course they did. Their families grieving all over this country. But we don't have a politician standing up and saying, by God, I'm not going to put up with any more of this. The Republican Party has been quiet throughout, uh, Congressman. Uh, There has been no outrage from Kevin McCarthy, uh, Mitch McConnell. They haven't stood up. One man stood up, and that man was Donald Trump when he declared war on the cartels. We have never had an American president uh, before or since say the drug cartels are the enemy of this country and we're going after them. And do you know what kind of response he got? From the left, he was hooted and he was insensitive and he was a racist because he was taking on the drug cartels that are killing hundreds of thousands of people. It's just insane what is going on in this country. And I put much of the blame at corporate America and the corporate news media, you know, ABC News owned by Disney. Uh, CBS News, CBS Viacom, Uh, NBC by Comcast, Uh, Washington Post by Jeff Bezos, and other oligarchs all controlling big tech, social media, you name it. We have become an un-American America, and we really have to write that.
1: There's no question about it. And, you know, when I was the sheriff of Fort Bend County for eight years, I would have to look into the eyes of of family members, of an individual that killed one of our senior citizens in Fort Bend County. And to only find out, Luke, the guy was deported eight, eight previous times. How do you look no. at anyone as a sheriff, as a law enforcement professional, and try to explain that and say, well, this is the policy of the American people. This is the policy of administrations in the past, Democrat and Republican, by the way that individuals can be deported from our country and they can just seem to just come back within 12 months because we've interviewed a lot of them, a lot of them that are parts of gangs and and just very, very organized in, in crime. And then a sheriff and law enforcement throughout Texas, quite honestly, throughout the entire country have to explain to the victims and the victims' families as to how did this person ever get back here? I don't have an answer other than we haven't had a president like Donald Trump before. A guy that said, we're gonna build a wall. Donald Trump said uh, the Southern border needs to be secured, And he followed through on his commitment to the American people. And you're right, he was ridiculed. The left said that he has cages and this man is a barbarian and he, he just doesn't care about human life. It could be furthest thing from the truth. Cause I don't know of too many people that love this country more than Donald Trump. He's just been an amazing president, and he's going to come back and be the 47th.
0: I I, I hope you're right. I believe you're right. I wish we could get there in a hurry, uh, because it, we have got so many challenges, so many threats facing us. And amongst those threats are are, I truly believe this, despite the fact that China and Russia are the absolute enemies of this country, and no one should think about them in any other way we continue to make China. This is one of the great conundrums to me uh, in American history. We we lionize. We have uh, we've created communist China uh, with our trade, with our offshoring of production, our outsourcing of jobs. Uh, you know, half a trillion dollars in deficits every year. Uh, it's extraordinary, and and we hate Russia. We hate, we're we're told we're going to hate Russia. They're both communist regimes. They're both tyrannical. They're both uh, totalitarian. And yet we favor one to our immense uh, uh, discredit and dependency. We depend on China now uh, in ways that no nation should have to depend on another. Uh, and Russia, you know, Joe Biden talks tough like some sort of neighborhood thug He's a joke. He's a pencil-neck joke, sitting there talking tough. As long as he's got the United States military behind him, uh, it's unseemly. It's an ignorant way to behave as president. My God, why did I don't hear anyone at the Washington Post talking about this president acting presidential? Presidents don't talk like Joe Biden. They don't make stupid threats, and they don't call names. Uh, it, it, it's awful to watch, and I don't see a way. Uh, the, I don't see a way to separate from the left in this country right now, and we desperately need to do so.
1: I think with what you see with uh, with China, what you see with Russia, under Donald Trump, he kept his thumb on both of them. Putin never went into Absolutely. Ukraine under Donald Trump, did he? And when you think about uh, President Trump holding China accountable with more Uh, Fair trade. That's exactly what he did with some of those tariffs. He knew that there would be some immediate pain with some of the farmers. But in the end, they all supported him because it was the right move to make all about more fair trade uh, with China. And now China's toying with Taiwan because this administration and Joe Biden, he's weak. They're exploiting the weakness. We have a very weak dog in this fight. And that is Joe Biden. And quite honestly, his entire administration, everything that this guy says or fails to say it, is just putting our country in a very more dangerous position. His, his speaking ability, and certainly look at his assistant, uh, Vice President Harris. You can't get her, you can't believe her. And she's an absolute failure too, whether it's our Southern border, or just her walking across other, going to other countries and some of her gaffes as well. Uh, quite honestly, it's embarrassing. So you go from a very strong leader a leader that displayed strength and confidence to a leader we now have with Joe Biden, the adversaries are taking full advantage of it. We shouldn't be in the Ukraine, quite honestly, or Putin shouldn't have even gone into the Ukraine, but he's exploiting the weakness. He spits in Biden's eye each and every day. Sanctions, sanctions, that's kind of a confusing word to me right now because sanctions are supposed to deter, but then they're not supposed to deter. He's so right. confused, his administration's confused. And I think it's just a sad state of affairs, a very dangerous time for America and the world.
0: Indeed, and you know, the, the idea that uh, this administration uh, exists at all with those two personalities, those two people at the top of the administration. The president of the United States is Joe Biden. No one believes for a moment, I won't say no one, But uh, a vast majority of the American people know there's something wrong with that man. He cannot speak straightforwardly. He cannot speak cogently. He cannot put thoughts together and finish sentences. He and Kamala Harris, she speaks in sentences, but there are no words that mean anything. I, I can't believe what she did at the security conference in Munich what she has done in the aftermath of the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. She makes no sense. She doesn't pretend to know anything. It is, uh, the Democratic Party has much to account for and uh, putting these two people into those two jobs, they have risked the security of this nation as it's never been uh, risked before, uh, in my opinion.
1: There's no question about it. There's no substance with Kamala Harris quite honestly, when you look at Joe Biden, I don't even know if he's really in control or if he's in charge. But I'm kind of, I would probably say I'm more disappointed uh, in Jill Biden, because Jill Biden knows her husband better than anyone. She yes. knew that he was having issues. But it seemed like she wanted to be the first lady of the United States. And uh, I, I'm kind of disappointed in her because you know what, Jill, when you watch your husband up there, with, with all these memory lapses and all these silly things that he says, you knew it before anyone else. You lived with this guy for years. So I'm really disappointed in her that she didn't try to protect her husband, her husband first, you know, before being president. So I'm, I'm really kind of disappointed in Jill Biden because she should, have, she should have never allowed this to happen because she knows her husband better than anyone. Uh,
0: you make, a, I think, a great point uh, and, and an absolutely correct point, I believe. Uh, Jill Biden, by the way, uh, he, this man can't get off most stages when he's uh, speaking. He can't get off the stage without getting lost. He can't leave the stage successfully uh, unless she is there to lead him by the hand uh, to navigate the the stage, then the steps down from the stage and through a crowd. It is... It is something to behold. And then the media pretends that he's just fine. Uh, The Democratic Party pretends he's just fine. And for crying out loud, the rhino leaders of the Republican Party are absolutely mute instead of looking out for the national security. Now, I don't know what the solution is, because if you remove him from office, if he can't pass a cognitive test, then you have Kamala Harris. Uh, At some point, you're going to line up cognitive tests to the point that you're going to be somewhere, you know, perhaps uh, the junior-most person in the in the Biden cabinet uh, for somebody to run the country.
1: What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are this: we have to be very, very careful what we wish for because I know a lot of people have asked for Joe Biden to resign, and I think he's done a horrible job and probably one of the worst, almost right there with Jimmy Carter. But who would be the second? And I think she could yeah. even be more dangerous than he. So. I'm just, I'm looking forward to the 2024 presidential election. If he's not running again, and he certainly shouldn't, I hope the Democrats nominate Kamala Harris. I think Trump would have a lot of fun with her. Matter of fact, if you don't like her, why don't you bring back Hillary? Trump would love to toy with that woman all day long. So I don't care who the Democrats bring up or, you know, who they nominate. I think Donald Trump will be able to get up on a stage and talk to the American people about the way our country was run under his leadership when he was president of the United States for those four years with record unemployment, with more security and stability across our, uh, the world, a secure Southern border under executive orders, of course, and just everything was rolling right along. But then we get this little thing called COVID come out of China, manufactured out of China, and that's what took Donald Trump down. He would have been president today if it wouldn't have been for COVID. And some of these governors and these liberal mayors and everybody creating their own rules, bending the election laws, and so I, uh, I, I don't think the Democrats are going to be able to do that in 2024. When Donald Trump gets 74 million votes in 2024, uh, he will be the next president of the United States because you ain't going to get all these ballots to be mailed and absentee ballots and universal mail-in ballots because they won't have that COVID. They won't have that COVID as an excuse. Right. And so I, I, I got to hope for the future. I, I can't. Uh, I just I mean- hope that better days are ahead. And with Donald Trump. That's exactly, he, we need him now more than ever.
0: Let, let me ask you, Congressman uh, 2022, the midterm elections, critically important. I don't see or hear about the Republicans doing a thing to stop mail in ballots, to stop the National Emergency Act by which uh, those mail in ballots were created and universal ballots that are being mailed out in various states and certainly the battleground states where uh, Donald Trump lost by about a total of 70,000 votes. Uh, it's, re- it's just amazing uh, that the Republican Party is not more energetic uh, and moving to the local level to provide support and help, whether it's legal help, uh, whether it is uh, templates for how to carry out a secure election. Uh, don't you think
1: that would be an appropriate thing for the Republicans to be doing right now? I think so, and 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 what I couldn't be more proud of. Lo, you mentioned Texas, and I'm I'm obviously represent uh, Texas 22nd district. I think our state legislature has done a very good job as it relates to having more election integrity. Uh, I do know that there were many many uh, mail in ballots or absentee ballots that were requested and were rejected because they failed to meet the state law. Like having an ID or social security number. So I think there are certain states like Texas, Florida and others that are doing everything they can to try to help make sure that they have very secure elections. But it's unfortunate there are just other states that just don't seem to care too damn much over that. And, uh, and I just have to hope that, that the state legislatures that have Republican leadership and are controlled by the Republicans take this issue very seriously. Because quite honestly, January 6th was a very difficult day. I was stuck right in the middle of it. But I think, too, that the American people have to truly understand that January 6th was not Donald Trump's issue. That wasn't Donald Trump. I've done a very, very in-depth study of January 6th. I have a book coming out in the next month or so that will let the American people know that what they're hearing from the liberal media and what they're hearing from Benny Thompson and this sham January 6th committee is just not accurate the Capitol Police, the National Guard. I've, I've gone through it all and spent hundreds of hours on it. We're gonna let the American people know the truth about January 6th. And uh, so I can, I'm looking forward to that as well because I think the American people need to hear the truth. And I spoke to Donald Trump about this President Trump and said, it's coming out because it's gonna clear you, sir. It really will.
0: Well, that's, that's exciting and we're delighted and congratulations on the book. Uh, we need more, uh, more information, not less. It, it's it's fascinating to see the left say, well, don't talk about the the election, don't talk about 2020. Uh, we don't need to we don't need to hear all of that again. They don't want you to hear. It. They wanted Donald Trump to accept defeat as if nothing untoward had happened, that there wasn't fraud, that there wasn't a, a campaign, uh, that. Uh, wasn't found to be worthy of investigation uh, by Bill Barr, the attorney general. I still can't believe that. The FBI didn't investigate. The Justice Department didn't investigate. Bill Barr acknowledged that he knew that the President of the United States, Joe Biden, was lying in the third debate about the laptop, his son's laptop, which was clearly not Russian disinformation. We had 50 people in the intelligence community Put their names to a letter with five former directors of the CIA and lie through their teeth to the American people, and there hasn't been a single, single consequence. In fact, they've got pretty good jobs as contributors for a lot of cable networks. I mean, we're turned over cable networks to the CIA. That was a result uh, in large measure, and it's a cover-up of the of the highest order. The president calls it the greatest scandal in history, but right there with it is the cover-up that
1: followed. There's no question about that. And uh, I have faith and confidence in in Representative Jim Jordan. He's going to be the chair over judiciary. I think that he is working with Leader McCarthy to make sure that that judiciary, that we can look at some of these investigations as it relates to Hunter Biden's laptop in January 6th, all the equipment we left in Afghanistan, the Southern border, Mm -hmm. COVID, Fauci. So hopefully that we'll look at some of these uh, these issues, obviously, and we need to expose the truth. Absolutely, we need to expose the truth. And when you look at what what the previous administration did with with two impeachments of Donald Trump, Russia collusion, Obama using the FBI to spy on Trump and his campaign, you know, I had a I had a conversation with. President Trump about this a couple of weeks ago, that the Capitol Police now, Nancy Pelosi is using the Capitol Police's as her own private security force because they've been in my office. They took pictures of my whiteboard, my legislative uh, affairs uh, and, and ideas, and they took a picture of that and shared it with the intelligence. And so I was under criminal investigation by the Capitol Police. But the good news is, is the IG is conducting an investigation the inspector general is conducting an investigation and he'll have that investigation out to me in the, te- in the next two weeks. So they're spying on members of Congress that have dissenting points of views. They spied on President Trump. They've impeached him twice. And what we're finding out is it was all just fake news, fake news and lies being spread. It just tells you how dangerous these Democrats are and to what extreme they will go to win.
0: Yeah. And what I said earlier, that the left in this country, we have to separate them from the, uh, from the levers of power in this country. Uh, they are vicious, they are Marxist, uh, and they are determined to tear this country to pieces, and they're doing so by assaulting our institutions, uh, whether it be our, uh, our public schools, our universities, our colleges, our courts, uh, our, our law enforcement for crying out loud. The FBI office in Los Angeles was throwing a party uh, for uh, uh, uh Brown-Jackson uh, with her getting through her hearings uh, with flying colors. Can you imagine the FBI having a party in, in, in a federal building o- over this uh, a Supreme Court justice? Uh, it's, just, it's just stunning to me to see what the, the FBI has become. You've been in law enforcement a long time. What the FBI is today is, I mean, it is a purely frightening, frightening institution.
1: Mm-hmm. No question. And, and we worked with the FBI. I was a, a sheriff of a very large county, so we had to work with the FBI on issues. And I think most of the men and women, uh, the, 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 the individuals, the FBI agents on the ground do a, a great job. And it's the leadership of the FBI. In my humble opinion, that's the problem. And then they'll convince um, some agents to see things their way. Same thing with the Capitol Police. They do a great job up here. These men and women that are out there standing guard at the doors and other places, I think, do a great job. But it's the leadership again of the Capitol Police that, to me, controlled by Nancy Pelosi. So right. we just have to hope uh, that that better days are ahead. I think about that Supreme Court nominee can't even define what a woman is, and and then we have men that are women, you know, winning uh, you know swimming events in the NCAA. Quite honestly, Lou, my dad has been gone for well over a decade now, but if he could come back for a moment, I don't think he could even recognize this country. It has flipped so quickly. A lot of it started flipping under Obama with all this racial stuff. And and it's just a sad state of affairs that we as American people, what doesn't matter what color you are, that, that we seem to just be fighting and we're being pitted against each other. Black versus white. It's just very, very sad. And I just hope that at some point in time, we have a dynamic leader that can bring the American people back together. And I think that person will be Donald J. Trump.
0: I think that's a, that is a major uh, step in the right direction to, to heal this country. Uh, I don't know if you uh, watch basketball, but I, my wife and I love college basketball. And we saw this great little team, uh, St. Peter's, uh, from uh, uh, New Jersey. Uh, they, they had a, a great run. They were amazing underdog. First time a 15th seed has ever uh, gone beyond uh, into the uh, uh, the elite eight. They were magnificent. But they wore shirts with BLM on them. Mm-hmm. And no one told them or their coach that BLM has been a, is a discredited organization. It was a fraud throughout. They, their leaders are gone. They abandoned um, uh, everything and took millions and millions of dollars with them. And no one told those young, young men, don't do that, because you, look, you really look bad not knowing what's happening in your country. Uh, it isn't about Black Lives Matter. That was a fraud, and it was a fraud on the entire country. Uh, you know, we have a tradition on this show, Congressman, we always give our guests the last word. And I'm going to turn it over to you, uh, and I appreciate you being with us.
1: Uh, Thank you, Lou, and thank you for having me. But you're absolutely right as an old law enforcement officer in what we saw take place last summer with the summer riots and the hypocrisy that we see from the left. They want to talk about January 6th and all these insurrectionists. Nobody's been charged with insurrection. We see what uh, the only life that was uh, shot that was taken by gunfire was Ashley Babbitt to me that was murdered by Lieutenant Bird, and I expose him in, in my book as well. But last summer, with all the rioting that you took place, $20 billion in damage, and it just seemed to be okay. The left thought it was okay. And when you look at a number of those people that was causing that damage was Antifa and BLM. Now, they're distinct different organizations, but they all really talk about, it's all about socialism and communism, quite honestly, and they hate this country. That's really what it's all about. So I think that many, many young people have been duped thinking that BLM was actually about Black Lives Matter. Well, if you really <laughs> care about lives, all lives matter, Lou, all lives. Thank Thanks you so for nice. having me.
0: Well, I, it's been a, a delight, and I enjoyed talking with you. We wish uh, all the very
1: best, Congressman. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, Lou, and your listeners.
0: Congressman Troy Nels, a great American. Tomorrow here, we'll be talking with Tom Bevan. Co-founder and executive editor of Real Clear Politics, the essential editorial mainstay of political reporters, columnists, authors, and editors all across the country, not just the Beltway. You don't want to miss it. We want to invite you to sign up for our Great America Show Advisory and Newsletter. Simply go to Ludobs.com, that's loudobs.com, and click on the email newsletter button. It's as simple as that, and we'll send you our advisories and alerts as well as our weekly newsletter. I don't want to overstate anything, but I'm pretty sure you will absolutely sense at least a small positive change in your world outlook. We invite you to join us and stay in touch. Thank you. That's Ludobs.com. Thanks. God bless you, and God bless America.